Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning everyone, how's everyone doing today? Really good, really good. I'm just going to set myself up. Um, It's a privilege um, to be able to share with you. Um, this morning, um, I've I've been praying and thinking about what I'm going to share uh, with you over the over the last few few weeks, and I just pray that within the message and what I'm sharing today, there's something in there for everyone, um, um, and we're going to have some fun with it <laughs> today as well. So we we're just going to praise God and we're just going to ask God to speak through me um, this morning. So as Dave said, we've been going through. Uh, a sermon series. Thank you, Felix. We've been go- we've been going through our um, sermon series called Rooted. Grow deep, live tall. Grow deep, live tall. And we've been exploring the book of Colossians, and um, it's been it's been a real eye opener for me because you know I think sometimes when you study the Word of God and you revisit books you've read before, you always gleam and take something new and fresh from it, and. I've been enjoying um, what's been shared so far, and, and I've been really, really taking on board some of, the, some of the key principles and some of the things which have been shared and, and revisiting my own walk and my own Christian faith. So I'm going to be taking it a bit further today. Um, I'm doing series five. It's practice of the believer, practice of the believer. So I'm going to give you a quick recap of what we've done so far. Thank you. Um, and Dave kicked off our message um, a few, week, few weeks back, um, and he talked. He kicked off with the first couple of couple of um, passages, first ser- series, preeminence of Christ and, and Paul, Paul's labor. And it was really, really interesting actually because he shared shared with us and really imparted in us, you know, what it's like to walk a worthy life and really, really set the scene and set the tone of what Paul was sharing as uh, the Apostle Paul was sharing from, the, from his book and knowledge of his will and what Jesus Christ wants from us and how he wants us to live. And then he moved, he moved on and he talked about struggles and sufferings and seeing our struggles and sufferings and, and turning them into possibilities and how we can move forward in our walk and not just seeing things as challenges, but an opportunity to do God's will and for God to really move in our situation and some of the testimonies and things we've heard shared today as well. Then um, we had our third series, um, Problems, that Pete came and shared, shared with us. Um, and, it was, and that was great as well, because we all have problems, and, and Pete was able to, to impart in us some of the things which how we approach our problems and how we can, how we can really have an understanding of Christ in us and knowing the importance of Christ in us and how we see and, and address problems, which was great. Then Leanne shared with us on the new person, and I really enjoyed Leanne's message as well because she gave us an insight of how she cleared out Dave's, Dave's wardrobe. Six bags, I think she mentioned, was cleared out. She left one. And that was able to blossom into the great man we have today, because that's been built, built, and 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 grown, yeah, built and grown. 
And that, and that, was, that, was, really, that was really good about understanding our self-worth and, and forgetting the former things and really building upon, upon what God wants us to be with our new self and how we should approach our walk and our daily, daily life. So I'm taking it on now with uh, part five, practice of the believer. Practice of the believer. And, you know, it's, when, when Dave said to me, I'm going to be speaking um, on, on, this, on, this, on the fifth passage um, within, within this series, my first thought was, it's like that time when you have a, a meeting where, where they ask, what does everyone think about something? And they, and they pick someone to start off with and say, oh, give us your thoughts and processes. And they go around the table. I'm thinking, oh, no, this is a six-part series, and I'm number five. Everyone's going to say everything I, I wanted to say. So it's gonna, when it comes to me, it's going to be, oh, what the previous people have said. But it's, go, I go back to my previous point. It's amazing how when you read the word of God and you read a passage, you're always able to take something fresh and new from it. So my, my, my belief is that you're going to have something fresh and new from me today on what I'm carrying on with. And I'm going to be really focusing on Colossians chapter 3. And I'm going to be moving on from chapter 3, verses 18, um, through on to chapter 4, and um, verses 6. And really, it's great principles for Christian living. And it gives an insight into, I guess, Paul's, Paul's inclination and Paul's insight into how we should behave as a, in the Christian home. Um, how we should behave in Christian work, oh, in the, in the workplace as Christians, and how, how we should behave with our interactions and our, and our, I guess, brushing of shoulders with people on an everyday life. So I'm going to kick off with instructions f- for the home, instructions from the home. So I'm going to be reading from um, Colossians chapter 3 from verse 18. It should be on screen as well. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. And when I first read this passage, it did give me a little chuckle, but I'm gonna, we're going re- to re- read through it. Um, instructions for Christian ha- households. Wives, submit to your husbands. Amen. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us this morning. That here concludes my message. Have a, have a great week. All the, all the, men, are, all the, all the men are nodding. And, and it, <laughs> it, it, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of ladies first. And, and, and that, just, that just kicks off where, we are, where, we, where we're going today. Wives submit to your husband. And it's, a fun, it's an interesting passage, actually, because I've been saying that to my wife for years. But no, no. Uh, it, it, it's funny how this tends to, I say, tends to be a bowl of contention. In in my own walk, you know, Christians, we can have fun and games with this particular passage. But we as men always tend to put a full stop at the end of that wife submit to your husbands. But as you can see, there's a comma. You can see there's a comma. And and, and when I was preparing for this, I was like, God, what is it you want me to share with with the people around, around this message? And the key piece was really that there's a comma in that sentence, and there's more to it than what that tends to show. And I want to read, I'm going to read a, another part, another um, version of, of that verse in a moment. But we're just going to we'll re- read it through in its entirety. It says, wives, submit to your, yourselves to your husbands. 
comma, as is fitting to the Lord, as is fitting to the Lord. The Amplified Version says, wives, be subject to your husbands out of respect for their positions as protector and accountability to God, as protector and accountability to God. And it's, it's an interesting verse because it can be taken, for me, it can be taken out of context. It's not necessarily about being submissive. It's not necessarily about just obeying because a comma says to me there's more to that sentence. It's, there's more to add to it. There's, it comes with conditions. And sometimes we as men, put my hands up, we can be sometimes too quick. And if, if you ever, if a man, your husband ever throws this verse out to you, you always say there's a comma in that sentence. There's comma, there's more to it because it says in accordance with God's will, in accordance with what the Lord has called you to do. And it's really, really important to under, understand that God, in his infinite wisdom, positions people where he wants them to be positioned for his, for his own glory and for his own purpose. And when we look at that, look at that verse, it's, sometimes we, let's not take it out of context, but let's understand it for its richness and fullness in, in respect of how God wants there to be structure. But underpinning that structure is always love. Because if we read on, it says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. And the whole key principles of that family household and that Christian household is to put structure in place. It's to put an understanding of, of God's divine purpose and God's divine, this is how it could be fruitful and work. You know, when you talk about children obey your parents, I mean, as, as a father of two kids, that's a beautiful verse to me. That, that's, music, that's music to my ears. Whether it happens in reality, we're, we're still working on it by God's grace. We're still moving in that direction. But it sets a principle. So even, even to this day, when I, when I approach and, and I'm with my parents, you know, I always have to take on board with what my parents says. If, if it's in accordance with God's will, you know, obey your parents. In everything, for this pleases the Lord. And, you know, we, we, we as Christian households and Christian, Christian people, we want to and should want to do what pleases our God. His divine purpose, his divine structure is what we should be aspiring to. And we should be working towards, towards that. So that was a, a brief piece around what it talks about around a Christian household. So if we just move on um, with our next passage Instructions for the workplace. So, instructions for the workplace. We're going to be reading, continue to read on, um, and we're going to be reading from verse 22. And for me, this instructions from, from the workplace is, is a powerful passage because it puts a, a different emphasis on how you, you approach your workplace. And, and, I, and I would say work, I, I define workplaces workplaces more than your typical you go to your job nine to five and, and what that looks like because I think and believe we're in a in an environment and in a situ, situation in society where whereby we have many masters now people that I would define as a master which potentially maybe back in these days was not as clear-cut and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example so we, we are we're in a situation 
in society whereby if you provide a service or if you provide um, uh, an asset or sell something, you can be at the mercy of the people you're selling to. They, they have influence. They have, they have the ability to, to influence your business. They have your ability to, 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 to really impact on what you're, what you're doing. So typically your, your relationship to your boss upward with regards to instructions and what you're doing was, was I, what I would call the, the previous and the kind of traditional workplace environment. But there, we also have a situation where you've got businesses that provide services which are at the mercy of, of the, the marketplace, they're at the mercy of individuals, politicians at the mercy of the people. They can vote you in and, in and out. And, and I'm gonna give that, put that in context as we read through, through this. So if we continue to read on through from Col Colossians, um, Chapter, chapter 3, verse 22, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, work, working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as, as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. And there is no favoritism. And the key piece for me there is about the ability put, to put a different perspective on who your earthly masters are. So, you know, we've all, I, I can speak from experience. I've been in a situation whereby I've had difficult bosses to work with, difficult um, individuals I've had to had to kind of report into and it could be difficult teachers if you're a student there's different difficult people you have to re in, interrelate with when you're when you're in a work type situ situation and what this passage is saying and it's really really powerful is that God understands God knows God knows but let's put a different perspective on it let's put something a different slant on it, so you approach that situation differently. So God is saying here in this passage is, well, actually, take that person out of the equation. So visualize that manager or that boss, and I can feel the anger levels beginning to rise. Squeeze the person's knee beside you. No, no, don't do that. Visualize that person, but then replace that visualization with God. Replace that visualization with the Lord, and say, well, actually, it's not about that person. It's about I'm serving God in that. And all of a sudden, something will change. Something will change in, the, in that dynamic, in that relationship, because it's no longer about that person that's creating an issue, or no longer about that person creating, creating those emotions to build up, because you're serving God. And you're going to do your best regardless, because you're serving God. And he's going to bless you for it. He will bless you for it. There's an inheritance waiting, because you're serving him as opposed to man. And it's all about a different perspective. And I, and I say, and I, I go back to my, my previous piece around there is a different examples of masters and there's different examples of who we're related to. And, I, and I'll give the example of United Airlines. So United Airlines were in the press earlier on this year for, for all, all, all the wrong, wrong reasons. And you could, you could argue the boss of United Airlines doesn't report into anyone. He's, he's the big, big CEO person, but... 
with regards to the ability of who, who are your masters and who, who, do you, who are you accountable to, when, when that individual was dragged off the plane and it, it went viral, within, they said within 24 hours, 130 million people had watched that video clip of that man being dragged off the plane. The CEO of the, of the airline was probably none the wiser until he probably got copied into that, into that video. Now, you could argue, oh, he doesn't report into anyone. He has no, no, no masters. He's the top of the food chain. However, within 24 hours, 130 million people had watched that clip. Within seven days, 4% of the value of that business had been wiped off because of the negative connotations linked to that. That amounted to $255 million wiped off within a week on the value of that business. Now, you could argue... Well, he's not accountable to anyone. He's the top of the food chain, but, but he was. The influence was, the influence was there to create such a, a negative impact. And the passage, the passage goes on to say, well, actually, we're all accountable to God. We are all accountable to God. But then in, in our society as well, we have to realize that there's p people we're accountable that we probably don't realize we're also accountable to, but God is at the top. And we should understand and realize that everything we do, we should change our perspective. Make sure we're doing it unto God's glory and we're putting God's face and figurehead in that situation. Even if, even if our masters or our bosses or are doing wrong, let's not repay wrong with wrong. Let's just say, well, actually, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you like I'm serving God. And there's an inheritance that's going to come from it. And there's a blessing that's going to come from it. So it's just, a, just an in, in, encouragement there around how, how, we, how, we deal, how we deal with the workplace and how we, how we deal with our work environment. And that could be as students, that could be as if you're in traditional work sense, or even as we, as we deliver a service to people. So mo moving on, the third, the third area in, in, in this passage as we pick up, as we pick up from... Um, chapter 4 um, from verse, verse 2 and I'll just finish off with verse 1 it says masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you have a master in heaven then it goes on to say devote yourself to prayer being watchful and thankful and prayer and, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, uh, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I've classified this particular passage as instructions from the streets. It's instruction from the street. How do you interact? How do I interact? How do we interact with people we come into contact with? When we, when we talk about sharing our faith, when we talk about just our daily, day-to-day day -day acti activities. And the piece that, that I love on that passage is where it talks about being wise in how you deal with outsiders. And for me, it's, wisdom is, is key here because it's not every situation where you need to throw a Bible verse at someone. 
Sometimes someone needs a hug. Sometimes someone needs a word of encouragement. That word of encouragement can be biblically based, but it doesn't have to be put at the forefront at, at the start because God, it's all about being wise in assessing the situation and saying, what, God, how do you want me to deal with this? In a, wise, in a wise way and applying wisdom so that your love can come through at the right time, at the appropriate time. And we as Christians, I think sometimes we need to be mindful of, of that and, and say, let's, let's approach our walk with non-Christians in a sensitive way so that we don't give the wrong image of our Lord and Savior, who is an awesome God and is full of love and kindness for us that we want to share with other people and being wise in how we display that and being wise in how we approach situations. And it's... it's it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge, um, but it's also a privilege because you'll find, and it's, I can only talk from my own experience, you find yourself in situations where you're being always pulled to give advice on a circumstance or a situation or a work situation in my, my, my experience. People will come to you and gravitate to you. And it, it gives you a great opportunity because what you're sharing and what you're imparting in people is biblically based. And that wisdom and that, that ability to see God in every situation and see an opportunity for God to create a testimony and for testimonies to arise from a situation comes through your ability of being wise and being able to address a situation and, and, and deal with it in an appropriate way in accordance with God's will. And I think it's really, really important for us to continue to, to be wise in that, but then also to what it says Take, make the most of every opportunity as well. So there's, there's one side, side of that is being sensitive and being, being able to read a situation, but then also making the most of, op, of the opportunity. Um, devoting yourself in prayer, covering it in prayer. You know, and it's, it's, like I said, it's a challenge, but then it's also an opportunity for really God to, to work through us um, to really show show people his awesome love and his awesome presence. So, if I was look, if I was to really bring together what all of these three passages sum up to me, um, key principles of Christian living and the practice of the believer. For me, throughout all of these three chunks of passages, the key the key piece really for me for number one is love should be central. So love should, love should be central. So when we talked about the Christian family home um, and about wives submitting to, to, to your husbands and, and husbands loving your, loving your wives, you know, being able to children obey your parents, but then parents also not diminishing children's spirits or, 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 or making them feel discouraged. The running theme throughout, throughout that, the running theme throughout your, your walk as, um, in your workplace and, and putting God as a figurehead with regards to your master and also how you deal with outsiders, i.e. non-Christians non, non or, or people who do not yet have a faith, is love should be central. Jesus loved us so much that he died for, on the cross for our sins we should have love running throughout our households. We should have love running throughout our workplaces. We should have God's awesome love running through everything we do and everyone we come in contact with. 
Love should be central. And then from that, God's, God's love and mercy and grace and all the great things we know about our Father can grow from that. It becomes a fertile ground. It becomes fertile ground for God to do his work. So love, love should be central. Se- second piece for me from all of the passages was God perfectly positions. God perfectly positions. And what I mean from that is God has, in his infinite wisdom, put structures in place because he knows what works best. He knows what his divine plan looks like. So with regards to family structure, with regards to that boss that you you might get on with or you might not get on with, he's put you there for a reason. He's he's put you in contact with that person you might brush past on the train, bus past on the bus, meet in the car park, meet in the school playground, meet at university, at college, wherever it is, God perfectly positions you where he needs you to be effective. God perfectly positions. So if God is perfectly positioning you, he means he's got a job for you to do where you are. And it's being attentive and being wise and understanding what is it, God, you want me to do with our work situation? How is it you want me to deal with my children's situation, my wife's situation, my husband's situation, the person I meet in that playground, the person I meet on the train? God perfectly positions. So let's, let's be attentive to what God is saying in how we should deal with those relationships we have. Let's, let's be attentive to how we make the most of those relationships and really, really grow and build and, and, and do what God's called and asked us to do. And my third, third piece, really, that runs through it all is just devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer because prayer works and prayer allows God to move in situations. Prayer can happen behind closed doors when no one's looking. Prayer can happen as you're walking on the street. Prayer can be, be happening as you're, you're talking with someone. Prayer can be happening while, while you're up on stage giving a word that God speak through me. Prayer, prayer is an opportunity for us to communicate with God, to allow God to come in and move in a situation and ask, and be, for us to be bold and ask God, what do you want me to do in this situation? How can I make a change? How can I improve myself? How can I be a better Christian? How can I better myself to be more effective in your kingdom? Prayer is important. Devote yourself to prayer. Bathe yourself in prayer. You can pray short prayers. You can pray long prayers. But prayer is important. Find time to pray. So as we, as we within this series of Grow Deep, Live Tall, there's one thing I would like everyone to kind of go away with and, 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 and think, think about, and it would be the challenge, challenge for the week, would be, what is the one thing I can take and change from these passages to help me grow my relationship in Christ? What is the one thing I can take, not just take, but change from these passages to help me grow in my relationship with Christ? It could be within the home, it could be within your workplace, it could be with those you, you get in contact with on a day-to-day basis. The practice of the believer, the ability to, to take principles, and that's why I love this book, is, is key principles that you can just take and apply. Key principles, it's a practical book, take and apply. So that's the challenge, challenge for the week is, 
what can I take and change from these passages to help me in my relationship with Christ to grow deep and live tall? Be blessed. I hope you've enjoyed today's message um, and have a great week. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.